It's about to go down in a minute. Let me touch down. I'ma get it. Cause I, I, I been waiting all night. It's game time. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. Here's Tom Barfield, Ward White. Good morning. Welcome. Welcome one and all to a Thursday edition of Game Time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us as we kick off a brand new day from the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat Studios. Glad to have you with us. Ward, how are you this morning? Outstanding. I uh, I see you got the interlocking. Is is that a stack T? Is that what they call that? The stack T? No, they call that a double T. A double T? Okay. I didn't know if they call it a stack. I mean, it, it, there's all kinds of terminology mm-hmm. for for the uh, for these logos. Uh, Garrett, how are you? I'm good. Good. I'm good. Did we uh, did we watch basketball last night, gentlemen? Yes. What was our big takeaway? Tech plays good defense. We knew that going in, but they figured it out at halftime. They <sighs> quit letting Baylor have the second chances that they were getting in the first half. Well, and I, I just I, – I, they turned up the intensity a little bit too, I think, Tech did. Uh, well, that, that's what I'm with talking the, about. With, fan, with the fans and the stands, and that's a tough – that has become – has it always been like that, a tough place to play like that? Not that tough, has it? Um, over the past few years, it's, it's been that. But, I mean, going back in history, no. But it's it's uh, man alive. It's it it was rocking last night, and, and rightfully so. You had you know two elite teams that were playing last night. I'll say this, and again, Tech is now what sixteen and zero at home. Mm-hmm. They, they, you know, it was great to see LJ Cryer back. That's one. Uh, now he's got limited minutes, and uh, they'll see how that goes. But I, I think. They took a major step. Baylor took a major step in trying to figure out who they are and what they are without Jonathan Chamwa Chachwa. I think they kind of have a plan now. Of, because, look, you could talk about theory, uh, and we say, well, we can do this, we can do that. But until you actually go out there and do it against a quality opponent, you know, you, you don't know. Is it finalized? Is it finished? Probably not. But I think they got a pretty good idea of what, what, what needs to happen moving forward. I think they do too, but it's kind of hard to – throw that together and your first trial run is going into Lubbock. You mm-hmm. know, this is going to take a few weeks to to fully work itself out, but I'm still say by the time we get to March Madness, they're going to have it together. They're going to have their their new identity and they're going to be fine heading into the the big dance. What it's clear that one thing has to happen is and I and you know, I know they can go small. And they went small last night and they were good. Uh but man, oh man, you got Flo's got to stay out of foul trouble. They need Flo in the middle. I mean, in in when he's on the floor, the last couple of ball games, he has played really, really well. Well, that's the biggest thing they're going to miss with John. They don't have those opportunities to give fouls away mm-hmm. and, and and slow the game the, the game down and and do some things, you know. Because look, you count on three or four fouls that you can just give away that that have to, you know, try to change the pace of the game. They don't have that right now. No. No, you you saw uh, Zach Loveday come into the game for a, a minute or so. And that's why he was in the game. Yeah. 
and, and to give and, and Flo need. I mean, he just, sometimes you just got to get off the floor and, and get a breather. Uh, you know, Bonner's minutes are going to continue to to be there. Uh, you know, but the encouraging thing was for me was L.J. Cryer. That was my big takeaway in last night's game. I mean, if you can get him, what was he on the floor last night? Uh, Fourteen, almost fifteen minutes. And I mean, I mean, as soon as he came into the game, he impacted the game. I mean, they got the ball in his hand. Yeah, he, he wasted three, no so, time. Yeah, so anyway, we're going to talk about that. The Lady Bears. I, I'm sorry, I've only done that a couple of times this year. The Baylor women's basketball team uh, took a close game at halftime, and then took TCU out out back. And <laughs> that second half was something. They really d- exerted their dominance in the paint, and they, they had no answer. The Horn Frogs had no answer for Baylor last night. They they had no answer for Queen and for and for Melissa Smith, did they? I mean, the inside down on the down on, in the paint was just ridiculous. It really was, and I, I think they did a good job of uh, creating the the penetration in the paint by using the baseline. They did a good job of that, and then getting those looks on the inside. But Queen comes together, has another double double. She's really found her feet. All right, here's here's the stat of the day in that game. Baylor had 48 points in the paint, TCU 16. It was unfair. Yeah. Yeah. It was unfair. Mm. That, that may be the best way to describe it. That's illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll talk more about that uh, coming up in a few minutes as well. We got uh, all kinds of things going on. There's a spat in Conference USA. Uh, it, it, we briefly mentioned this a little bit, I think, yesterday. But, uh, again, I'm, I'm curious, you know, if the teams that are, are insisting that they're leaving and they're leaving this summer and, and not next summer, uh, if they went out in this thing, if it goes to court, which it looks like something's got to happen, uh, does that influence anybody else who may be wanting to leave a particular conference for another conference? I think that uh, it's really kind of individual thing. I think that when you look at those two teams you're mentioning, Texas and Oklahoma, I, I think they'll leave where they want. I, I honestly didn't think that they would stay their full entirety that they said they were going to. Uh, but I don't necessarily think that the moves any of these programs in the Conference USA make is going to dictate the hand of Oklahoma or Texas. There's problems with the Cowboys. <laughs> and – it's I don't know, man. It's uh, Are you surprised to this degree. Yeah, I, that Jerry Jones is talking about Dan Quinn being a head coach. No, but the Rich Dalrymple thing. Uh, wow. Yeah, that caught me off guard. That did. And, and on our CNC Collision Center text line from the nine hundred three, I don't know if y'all will talk about it. And I think we will. But uh, I am uh, I am rethinking my cowboy fan loyalty due to yesterday's story. Jerry had to know what was happening, and that it's something uh, I just can't support. Well, if if the two point four million is indeed what was paid out, well, of course Jerry knew about it. He wrote he wrote the check. Jerry's had his own little incidents in the past. Let's let's not I, pretend like this is nothing new. I understand, but th- this was. I mean, th- th- this is being pe- played out very publicly like now. And Ward, I-, I know that they're cowboys, but this this is just ugly for the cowboys and the National Football League. I'm I'm sorry. Oh, it is. Yeah, you're right. I mean, this 
this is a black eye on the National Football League, and it's a double black eye on the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I, I don't know where it's going to go from here. Uh, if, if the NFL is pursuing the Washington football team for whatever reason they're trying to pursue them, which is kind of the same mm-hmm. avenue, um, I would suspect that they have no choice but to get involved with this as well. I think this is the first of many to come, personally. Oh, I yeah. think this I, is the I, I first of many. I, I don't doubt it. I don't doubt it at all. Well, we'll get into it a little later on in the program here on ESPN Central Texas. Right now, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Humane Society, and let's welcome into the program Mike Gray. Mike, good morning. What's going on? Good morning, guys. How are y'all doing today? We're we're good. We're glad you're uh, we're glad you're with us. It, give us some good news concerning the Humane Society. So uh, we had some great news yesterday. Uh, our longest resident, Dayton has been at the shelter for um, 539 uh, consecutive days, um, went to rescue yesterday. So uh, he is no longer at the animal shelter. He's at a, a rescue that will be able to spend more time with them, more one-on-one time with them. He'll have more um, outside of his kennel time. He'll have a bigger kennel, um, a bigger yard to play in, uh, and, and a lot better opportunity to find a forever home. So, uh, you know, it's sad seeing him go. You know, shed a couple of tears myself, and uh, but I know it's it's the best for him, and it's it's been a long time coming for him. Five hundred thirty nine consecutive days, which is uh, quite a few days. So, yeah, so, so you said he's he's going to a a, a different location. So, what will they be able to provide uh, for him? So, typically, rescues uh, they're going all rescues are going to be a no kill uh, rescues. Um, and so they also have uh, – they don't have as, quite as many dogs typically as a, an open intake shelter will have. And so their staff and volunteers are, are able to work with, you know, more one-on-one one, – like more one-on-one time with the dogs. So instead of like, uh, you know, when you have like close to 200 dogs like we have right now, um, just trying to walk every dog like for 10 minutes a day, they're able to spend, you know, an hour, two hours, three hours a day per dog because they don't have quite as many dogs as we do. So um, they get a little more one-on-one time, get them a little more uh, training, a little more time to be a dog um, and interact with humans. And, and so it's it's going to really benefit him greatly, and we're really excited about it. When you have the opportunity to have animals like that, how how difficult is it to find those rescues for, for these animals? Is it just the length of time that they're at, at the shelter before you're able to, to – get them in that or is it just a case-by-case situation uh it's kind of case-by-case um so you know dayton was a a blue pit bull uh, about two years old and and i think pit bulls are like the uh, most popular breed in waco i I got four pit bulls personally myself so i can attest to that um but there's also you know a lot of pit bulls at every shelter in texas and so there's not a lot of pit bulls that get pulled uh out of shelters because um, there's so many of them. Uh, most times the dogs that get pulled out of uh, shelters are going to be your pure breed dogs, your labs, your, uh, you know, uh, Dobermans, boxers, bulldogs, things like that. Um, and then uh, senior dogs typically get pulled by rescues, uh, injured dogs, dogs with medical needs. Um, but pit bulls kind of have a, a tough time get going to rescue. So it was just a huge, huge blessing, uh, uh, the, a rescue Pull Dayton, we were unbelievable, and they're uh, really good rescue teams. They're uh, it's bark, 
uh, out there in Clifton. They have a lot of really great dogs out there, a lot of gr- a really great staff out there, and and uh, just it's 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 awesome. But it does take a long time to get dogs like like Dayton into a rescue. It just takes you know nonstop reaching out, getting the word out, coming on the radio, talking about Dayton. You know, we had that big mural painted of Dayton that's uh, like eight feet by eight feet. It was done by uh, Scuba Valley, um, and it's at the Richland Mall right now. And, you know, it's just been a nonstop push by a lot of community members to get this dog uh, out of the shelter and into a rescue where he can uh, find his forever home. So so with having so many pit bulls, is that just like overbreeding and people just are have a misconception around them? Why is that? Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, it's a little bit of overbreeding. Um, and then it's a little bit of uh, pit bulls being very athletic and then also being very smart. And so they have a, it's not too hard for a pit bull to find a way uh, out of a fence unless you have a really secure fence. Um, and so <clears throat> typically a lot of them, they will, they are, they are escape artists. They, they know how to get out of fences. Um, I mean, I told y'all a couple months ago, you know, I had to put another hot wire on top of the top of my fence because I got a six foot privacy fence and my big, uh, Big eighty-pound girl jumped over the top of it the other day, and I was—I like, couldn't believe it. <laughs> so, um, I had to put another wire up there so she won't jump it. Um, so they—they they can get out. They're just very smart, and they're a very popular dog. They're—you um, know—they get a lot of bad stigma, uh, um, and so. But once you own a pit bull, I mean, they're just it's something about them. They're special uh, dogs, very loving, and so they're very popular just based on their personality. Um, and then they do get overbred and. And uh, people get overwhelmed as they come to the shelter and have to surrender the dogs. And uh, it's just a, you know, that's why spay and neuter is, is uh, very, very important. <laughs> hey, so uh, what are your needs now at the at the Humane Society this week? Um, so we do have close to 200 dogs right now at the shelter. Oh, my. So, yeah. Uh, so we we're doubling up. We're putting two dogs in the kennel right now and just really trying to just get as, everything we can right now. I, we've never had this many dogs since I've been there. Um and so really like to be able to come in and think about maybe fostering a dog for a, a couple of weeks until we can kind of get these numbers back down. Um, and if not that, if they want to come in and volunteer, we do orientation every Saturday um, at nine. We'd love to get some new volunteers in there to kind of help us, you know, walk the dogs, things like that. And then uh, we're also like uh, completely out of cat food. Uh, so if anybody wants to donate cat food, uh, we, we definitely need that as well. Address and phone number, Mike. How can people get a hold of you? We are at 2032 Circle Road, and our phone number is 254-754-1454. Mike, as always, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. That is Mike with the uh, Anime Humane Society. All right, uh, 714. We're 14 minutes after 7. Let's talk some Baylor basketball. Let's do it next here on Game Time from ESPN Central Texas. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Clearing skies today with breezy and falling temperatures. Matter of fact, temperatures will be in the upper 40s by 5 p.m. Blustery conditions tonight with mostly clear skies. We dropped to 26. And tomorrow, mostly sunny skies. It's going to be a cool day with a high of 57. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with case construction equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. 
case equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. 54th District Judge Susan Kelly here. Over a year ago, I survived a rigorous application process in which I competed against other serious qualified candidates. After a thorough vetting, Governor Greg Abbott appointed me to the 54th and now endorses me because I apply the rule of law and deliver justice for all. A conservative Republican, I have managed and moved the docket this past year, ensuring that every accused receives justice and if convicted, receives swift and proper punishment. Early voting has started. Please vote and keep Judge Kelly. Political ad paid for by Susan Kelly from McLennan County Judge Campaign. Pro Star Rental is the number one choice for all of your equipment rental needs. No matter the project, they got you covered. Plus, their friendly local staff is always available to answer your questions. They have a large selection of quality equipment available to rent for any project, big or small. And they have eight locations across Texas to serve you, including locations in Waco and Belton. Visit online at ProStarRental.com for more info. Pro Star Rental, they make work easier. The decisions made in our courtrooms have a lasting impact on all of us here in McLennan County. That's why the conservative leaders and organizations we trust are united in their support of Judge Ryan Luna. Judge Luna is endorsed by Texas Right to Life, Citizens for Pro-Life Action, Gun Owners of America, the Sheriff's Law Enforcement Association of McLennan County, several of the most conservative members of the Texas legislature, and hundreds of grassroots conservative Republicans across the county. They, like you, know that the integrity of our courts depends on electing judges who will strictly interpret the law, hand down tough sentences, and never legislate from the bench. In the March 1st Republican primary, vote for a constitutional conservative for county court at law number three. Vote for Judge Ryan Luna. Early voting ends February 25th. To learn more, visit RyanLunaTX.com. Political ad paid for by the Judge Ryan Luna campaign in compliance with the voluntary limits of the Judicial Campaign Fairness Act. Central Texas horse enthusiasts find a large selection of saddles at Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They feature new and used saddles from names like Billy Cook and Cactus. Plus, they have a large selection of children's saddles. Trade-ins are welcome and financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118-222462. You'll enjoy one-on-one -on -one customer service at the world's best western store, Appaloosa Trading Post and Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco, and on Facebook. Since 1978, Uncle Dan's Barbecue and Rib House has been delivering savory barbecue and delicious sides. With their two locations in Hewitt and Waco, drive through window, remodeled indoor dining space, delivery options, and new hours, Uncle Dan's is sure to be a Central Texas favorite. Specials include one meat plate with two sides for only $7.09, with beef and rib plates only a dollar more on Mondays. Buy one, get one half off for Texas taters on Tuesday, and prime beef brisket on Fridays. Come eat at this family-owned business and feel like you're right at home. Okay, stand by. Now, from the Alan Samuel Studios. Great to have LJ Cryer back on the floor. First time since January 25th he has played in a Baylor game. Firing a three and hitting it. Welcome back, LJ Cryer. The voice of the Bears, John Morris, on the call last night from the uh, Baylor Sports Network in Learfield. The uh, Bears drop that ball game last night to Texas Tech, 80, uh, 83-73. And the Bears led at the half, what, by seven? Mm -hmm. And uh, and Tech came back and wins the basketball game. And that was, look, that's a little surprising. Baylor going into last night was 62-3 and 
when leading at halftime over the last three seasons. So when when they have control of the game, they have typically put that game away. But uh, the Red Raiders were, uh, boy, they were just, I mean, they were just physical. They were just good in the second half. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, uh, O'Banner had 23-13 and 13 in the game uh, for the, to, to lead the Red Raiders. But they had, what, uh, four guys in double figures, the Bears, with uh, three in double figures. But it was great to see L.J. Cryer back. Now, how, how does, you know, what's his availability Saturday? I mean, did it was, you know, his, again, it's a pain tolerance. And, and Ward, they put, the, they put him on, on minutes. And so we'll see if those minutes extend or, or if they back him down a little bit. It's just going to depend on him if you're in a pain tolerance mode. I mean, they're going to have to try to figure out how to get him as many minutes as they possibly can because, you know, he's an integral part of this offense and how it runs. And so, you know, having him back on the floor was not only an emotional lift, but it was also a, a lift where, you know, they, they needed some scoring points from him, and he was able to deliver that last night. Now, going forward, you know, this weekend, uh, again, I don't I don't know what the – what the minutes are going to look like. If it's a pain tolerance deal, it's, it's totally going to be up to him. If he can fight through the pain and, and, and have that threshold where it needs to be, where he can get the minutes, I'm sure Scott Drew will use him as much as he possibly can. But he also, you know, a guy that's missed as much as he has, he's going to have to get in game play in shape. And the only way he can do that is being on the floor. Yeah, I mean, they're going to take their time with him. Again, I, I'm with you, Garrett. I, 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 you know, obviously you don't want to – you don't want to, this thing to spiral, or it, it, and the Bears have proven that they don't let that happen. So I think they're in good shape going into postseason, and that's where you're going to want him at his best. Yeah, I mean, right now, I, I wouldn't be surprised if you still see Baylor take maybe one more loss, you know, going down the stretch. And there's nothing to be concerned about. It's a matter – you, you nailed it with the, the minutes and the pain tolerance. I think it's going to be pretty similar to last night with LJ going forward for these next couple of games, and then it'll increase. But even though you got his points back, which are great and necessary, you still got to find a way to come up and create the points that you lost from Jonathan Chumachachua while maintaining not getting in foul trouble. That's the biggest key for me right now. Like LJ having LJ is great, fantastic, but you've got to find a way to, to – take some of that pressure off those guys. I mean, that was the biggest concern going in was Flo and foul trouble, and we saw it last night in the second half. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, they Flo and Jonathan Chamwell Chachwa basically split time at, at the five, and, and now you, you know, if you're looking at a true five, you've only got one true five, and and, and, and that's, that's Flo. And then you saw last night when they went small – that's uh, I think it was Sohan that slid over mm-hmm. and played the five, and that wasn't bad. I mean, and again, that that'll get better as they move forward, as they do it more often. Did you see that Baylor went to a zone defense a little bit last night? Yeah, in the about the middle of the second half, they yeah. decided to go to that zone. They don't use it very much. And they used to use it exclusively. They, they used to, but they yeah. don't use it very much anymore. No. And so, um, and look, it's something that they're probably going to have to do mm-hmm. to try to. E- alleviate, but they can't leave the lanes open like they did last night in that zone. That's when Tech started really getting those cross court passes. And well, they and got behind the shots. zone, didn't they? They yeah, got behind the absolutely. zone, and the bucket was open. Yep. Uh, but yeah. Look, Baylor shot fifty percent in the first half, 
and they shot, uh, what, 37.9% in the second half. I mean, Baylor was terrific in the first half of this game. They were, but I think another one of the, the key components to Tech's victory was their success at the free throw line. They were able to to get to the charity stripe consistently and make them. And, and they're and that not was big, very no, good. No, they're not. They're, what, 61% from the line normally uh, for the season? But, uh, yeah, they were they – were they were able to uh, to get to the free throw line last night, and they were twenty four thirty from the stripe. Yeah, not uh, bad. Which, yeah, for the, I mean, come on. Uh, and, and then they were, you know, they had, you know, as as Ward t- talked about their rebound, and they had twenty one second chance points uh, in the in the game last night. So, you know, after the game, Scott Drew caught up with John Morris and uh, David Kay and uh, talked about the game. Coach, uh, tough atmosphere, really good home atmosphere for Tech. And uh, just talking to uh, uh, Adam, it seemed like Tech really fed off this crowd tonight. Well, I mean, that, that's that's why it's so hard to win in the Big 12. Um, you got great fan support um, um, and and got great players to go against too, which makes it uh, uh, tough. We did a good job first half in trying to – keep them out of it and then uh second half uh um uh, they were the tougher team um beat us to the rebounds 50 50 balls uh and then when they got on a run the crowd really got involved and as you know uh uh, they do they do a great job uh uh, um i know they didn't give coach beard a good welcome here but he helped really create all this and um it's a heck of an atmosphere Rebounding, uh, they beat you on the boards. It ended up 41-30. And second chance points, they uh, had more 21-12. to Well, uh, um, they're, they're a team that's uh, got a lot of grown men. Uh, I think their average age is uh, 42. Um, but you, you look at the roster, and it's a lot of fifth-year, sixth-year, uh, fourth-year guys that uh, are strong, physical, and second half. They just impose their will on us. And uh, um, that's, uh, I mean, um, we're still adjusting to life without John, but obviously uh, rebounding is one of the things that he brings to the table. I thought Flo gave us great effort today. I mean, uh, um, nine rebounds, seven offensive, um, but uh, that's where we're going to have to really pick it up as a group, um, and everyone's going to have to uh, – we need a bunch of guys with seven and eight at the end of the night uh, because that's a big piece of what we do. Coming into tonight's game, we're second nation offensive rebounding. And uh, we only had 11. Hmm. So the Bears are now 9-4 and four in the conference. The Red Raiders improved to 9-4 and four in the league. Kansas uh, sits atop the conference standings at 10-2. And, two. and uh, the Bears are, um, are back in action on Saturday when they take on uh, TCU at 11 a.m. Saturday morning, 10-30 for the pregame. And uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. And again, to me, and I don't know if you guys agree or disagree, I, I think sometimes it's kind of hard to, to evaluate particularly when it was just one game, and you were playing in a place where nobody goes in and wins. Not this year anyway. I mean, that Texas Tech is now 16-0 and at home. They know how to take care of that home floor. True home, uh, home court advantage, and you saw it last night in the second half. Uh, in the first half, it wasn't as much of a home court advantage. It kept them in the game. But, boy, when they started making that run early in the second half, that crowd came alive, and it, it made a difference in the ballgame. Absolutely. No Absolutely. Uh, the uh, postgame cut, courtesy of the uh, Baylor Sports Network and Learfield. All right, 727. Uh, this is ESPN Central Texas. Baylor women were at home last night. Uh, that game was over on our sister station, 104.9 uh, Star FM. And we'll talk about the Bears' win 
uh, last night. We'll do that next right here on ESPN Central Texas. With tax season approaching, are you wondering how new laws could affect your financial portfolio? I'm Joe Kaleo with the Kaleo Wealth Management Group. If you're unsure about the effect tax legislation could have on your wealth, we can help you develop a plan that withstands change no matter what the season. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. Make your vehicle look and run like new again at CNC Collision Center. They're your locally owned and operated location for paint and body repairs, frame straightening, spray and bed liners, and wheel alignments. CNC Collision Center offers free estimates, and they'll also come to you for car pickup and delivery. Have your car restored to its original beauty. CNC Collision Center, 5849 North Highway 6 in Spiegelville, at cccollisioncenter.com and on Facebook. And a lot of people, when they come in, they'll say, I'm usually much more active, but since I've been in pain, I've had to limit the activities I'm doing. You're listening to Janelle, an arch support specialist at the Good Feet Store. The next step is getting them in the right arch supports. After walking around with the arch supports, they'll feel much freer and lighter. Our goal is to have that long-term change for them to make sure that they're continuing to notice a difference in their life. Try them for yourself with a free fitting at the Good Feet Store. Good Feet Waco in Central Texas Marketplace across from Lazy Boy. It's time now for The Naked Truck, the ongoing saga of the battle to end truck nudity, presented by Pickup Outfitters. In this episode, we find Amanda and Brad on a date. Oh, Amanda, will you? Brad, I'm sorry. I just can't go out with you in this truck anymore. It's just so bare. You have nothing on this truck. But I have these subs that I bought online. Online? Really? Subwoofers are just a way for a man to make up for his lack of equipment. I am going out with Justin. Oh, I know why. It's not just because he has a big dually. It's not the size of the truck that matters. You have tunes that give me a headache. Justin has running boards and a hitch to pull his boat. That's just because he goes to pick up outfitters. Maybe you should take a lesson, Brad. Will Amanda and Justin find happiness? Will Brad go to pick up outfitters? Tune in again to The Naked Truck. Brought to you by Pickup Outfitters, 220 Lake Air Drive in Waco. At Northern Tool and Equipment, we're here for the week-long warriors, those who work Monday through Friday and sweat through Sunday. We're here for those who get up early and leave the job site dirty. Northern Tool has thousands of professional-grade tools from brands that built America. Steel, Milwaukee, Lincoln Electric. We're proud to serve the week-long warriors every single day. Northern Tool and Equipment, quality tools for serious work. Check them out at northerntool.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Texas Tech continued its home winning streak with an 83-73 win over Baylor. The Bears lost both meetings with the Red Raiders this season and host TCU Saturday morning. The Baylor women chalked up their 20th win of the season with an 80-55 win over TCU. Queen Egbo led the way with 22 points. They'll meet the Frogs in Fort Worth on Saturday. With a 64-54 win over Collin, the McLennan Highlanders have claimed the championship of the Northern Texas Junior College Conference. Nehemiah Knuckles led the balanced attack with 12 points. The McLennan High Lassies dropped a 75-65 decision to Collin. Their league record now 7-7 with three games left on the schedule. 
Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Seven thirty-one. Welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. We're brought to you in part by VersaLift Southwest, Good Feet, and your friends at Pro Star Rental. Tom Ward, Garrett, we're glad you're with us. Now, while the Bears were in Lubbock, the uh, Bears were in Waco. That's, uh, the Baylor women played last night at the Farrell Center and defeated TCU uh, last night, eighty to fifty-five. And you go, okay, it's a blowout. Well, yeah, it was a blowout, but it wasn't a blowout in the first two quarters. I mean, it was, what, a three-point game at the half? It, they needed a 13-2 run at the end of the second quarter to really separate themselves from TCU. TCU did a really good job of controlling Baylor, not giving them open looks. But once they finally found that rhythm, it really started with an 11-0 run, and that then they TCU got a shot. But that momentum really changed the whole face of the game for the Bears. Yeah, it was 19-18 TCU at the end of one. Uh, then Baylor outscored TCU by four uh, in the second quarter to take a three-point lead at halftime. But in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, it was all Baylor, and they go on and, and get the win. And, and here's the thing about the Baylor women's basketball team over the last few weeks. They're not just beating people. They are th- throttling people. Well, I think it's a matter of reestablishing yourself we, we we've talked about it at length I mean when you go through COVID we've all had it we know what it's like to, to come back from and we're not trying to get out there and play basketball you know so you have that you have the, the chemistry you have people leaving the coaching change it's just a matter of time for them to gel and they're doing it at the right moment yeah so last night Melissa Smith had another double double she had 20 and 10 Queen Egbo had 22 and 13 and then you got uh, double-figure scoring from Jordan Lewis and Jamie Asbury, and uh, and the Bears go on and win the game, eighty to fifty-five. The Bears, I believe, gentlemen, are now in first place in a tie for first with tie Iowa first. State because Iowa State, <laughs> Iowa State, may, moved into the number six spot in the AP poll, their highest ranking since I think two thousand, and then promptly went out and got throttled by Texas last night peaked a little bit you think I mean my goodness last night Texas uh, Texas beats Iowa State 73 to 48 I think that just kind of shows how hard it is to sustain winning at at the in the big 12 because look this is the best overall from a women's perspective that the league has been in quite some time it's usually Baylor in the field uh, but now you got Oklahoma, who's had a great season. Iowa State having, like you said, their best season in a while. It, I think it's hard for these teams and the depth to to win night in and night out. And you saw that happen last night with a couple of teams in Iowa State and Oklahoma. Yeah, Iowa State went into the Texas game last night with a twenty-one and three record in their highest ranking since the two thousand one two thousand two season. They played Texas last night and got beat seventy-three to forty-eight by the. In Texas is number fourteen in the country. Oh, by the way, this weekend they get the 15th-ranked team in the country in Oklahoma, so way to go, Iowa State. Uh, but but for, for Baylor last night, the win, and again, I just keep going back. They start 0-2, and they're in, they're in deep trouble against KU and somehow find a way to win that game and then take off. This team is one loss since the Kansas win. 
uh, for Nikki Collins' team. And after the game, she talked to uh, Derek and Sophia on the Baylor uh, radio network from Learfield. Second half helped uh, helped uh, build that win. And what was it you talked about at, at halftime in particular? And how did the team execute what you uh, wanted them to in the second half? Uh, you know, I think some of it was we got better defensively in the second quarter. Um, you know, and so we had already made some of the transition there. And some of it was, look, I, I was talking about this in the pregame. Sophia can attest that those guys warm up 100%. Like, they came out. They made shots that they don't usually make. You know, Lauren stepped up and, and made a couple deep threes. You know, they they just – they were – they had energy, you know. And, and then when all of a sudden you put a run on them, all of a sudden it, you get in that mode. Look, I've coached teams in the pros that – you know, thought they were going to win every game they played. And then those teams are like, it was like, uh-oh, you know, that they, they took the lead. They're starting to control it. And you just kind of go, we've been here. We've done this. And I think that kind of happened to them. All of a sudden, the open shots that they missed when the game was close, now all of a sudden, you know, we're cleaning up all the defensive boards and getting in transition. But we, did, we continue to do a better job playing through the paint. We certainly made threes as well. But a lot of it, we did a better job of touching the paint, not settling for long twos. And, you know, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't know statistically what Liss was, but I think she, in the second half, but I think she missed one shot, you know, and maybe she didn't even miss one. So, you know, <laughs> I think that was the up. difference. She really, yeah, she, she attacked. She attacked yeah. the basket. She posted. She attacked off the bounce. You know, she had a couple – she had a nice drop pass to Queen that she got fouled on. Like, I just thought, you know, she settled in. Hey, my jump shot's not falling. Let me attack and make plays around the rim. You know, Queen was good on the offensive boards. And then, you know, we made some threes. So, you know, I, th I thought, you know, it, the game went a little bit like, not that I knew we were going to win by 25 points, but the idea of, hey, this team's going to come in and battle us. Like, I knew they were going to compete. They have every game. They've played teams really well um, into the fourth quarter a lot of times. So I wasn't surprised by this. Um, I certainly want us to dominate from the beginning, but I, I just think that they have enough talent, they have enough senior leadership, and they had players making plays early. But they have been dominating, haven't they? I mean, they have been – they have been – they've just been good, uh, you know, <laughs> over the last several weeks. And, and this team now is 10-3 and three and in a first-place tie ward with, with Iowa State. Yeah, they're starting to come together, and it's it's been coming together for the past few weeks. And there was a lot of concern of – how long is this going to take to gel? How long is it going to take to to try to get used to this new way of of doing things and and be able to understand what we need to do offensively, what we need to do defensively, more importantly, to get those stops and get into transition? And you see that the Bears have figured it out. I think it was really also about building confidence, right? Like these, a lot sure. of these teams. When you look at Nalissa, you look at, look at Queen. They're not used to losing, you know, and they're not used to used to adversity. You had that early on in the season. Uh, you were able to work through it. Now they realize, hey, we're Baylor. You got I me. Mean, it runs through us, you know, and they're playing like lights out. One loss since the Kansas win, and that came to Oklahoma. They're now twenty and five overall. They're ten and three in the league, and, and be and that was a makeup game because of a a COVID uh, situation with with Baylor. They'll turn around and play TCU again on Saturday in Fort Worth. It'll be interesting to see. What adjustments that these two teams make, and 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 clearly TCU's got to try to put four quarters together. But I mean, they've got to be looking around and going, "What on earth? We got to do this again?" Yeah, that's a that's a tough call for TCU. I mean, you, you get beat like that, and that that's going to stick with you. I mean, it's just a couple of days to try to to come up with some kind of way to counter that. I, I don't know how they're going to do it. 
they weren't able to they weren't able to stop Queen and, and Melissa and you know is is that the formula again for for Bader? Sure it is. I mean, you know, well, it has to be. I mean, yeah. that, that's their two best players. Everything needs to run through them. Yeah. So there, I mean, there there was over forty points uh, and twenty some odd rebounds from from those two players, and they'll they'll try to go do that again this Saturday in Fort Worth. We'll have the game on our sister station, one hundred four point nine FM, beginning I believe at twelve thirty with the pregame and a one o'clock tip. So, uh, look, uh, you do, you don't count your chickens, obviously, but don't you guys suspect that? When you know by three three thirty, don't you think that that Baylor's going to be twenty one and five and eleven and three in the conference? I mean, I suspect they're going to go there and win. I mean, I, I from I, I watched quite a bit of the game last night, and you know, it, you like to go to the games, but because we had two games and you're trying to watch them both, I mean, I was going back and forth, back and forth, but I I, I just didn't see. And, and TCU started out so hot. I mean, they were making stuff, and you're like, good gracious, why is this team struggling? You know, what do you, Ward as a coach? What's the biggest challenge? Like in this situation, if you're if you're TCU and you just got just drummed by Baylor, and then you're Baylor and you you get a win like that, you have to short turnaround. How do you, as a coach, how do you like get Baylor not to overlook TCU? And on the flip side, what do you do if you're TCU to try to counter that? TCU flushes the game last night. They don't even go back and look at the film. You just try to figure out. Okay, we we. We, there's nothing we can do about what happened last night on the floor. We've got to go out and execute our game plan, whatever that game plan may be. The coaches will make some adjustments on what they have to do, but you don't spend too much time on this game and try to dwell on it. Uh, you you know what happened, and, and you collapsed in the second half and uh, against a very good basketball team for Baylor. I, I think you just go about your you you go about what you have to do, and you. The one thing that you heard Nikki Collin talk about is they, they need a faster start. So, you know, that's going to be the emphasis over the next couple of days in practice. We've got to start faster. We're going to be on their home floor. We've got to be able to take them out of the ball game as early as possible, and I think that's the approach you make. You don't try to dwell on, hey, hey look, we took them to the woodshed uh, in our place, but it's going to be different mm-hmm. when we go on the road. It's always different when you're on the road, no matter who it is, and – so you just approach the game as if it's another game. You, you, you Again, just like I said for TCU, you don't spend a whole lot of time on the game film from last night. I, I think if Baylor, you don't spend a whole lot of time on the game film from last night either because you do have them at a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. And you, you've got to get focused and ready to go into a hostile environment and be able to get off to a fast start. That's the key for the Lady Bear, for excuse me, the Baylor women to, to get into TCU Get off to that fast start and talk about that all week long. That's a great point. If you get off to the fast start, mm-hmm. then TCU has to be thinking, oh, here we go again. Sure, absolutely. Here, Because, I mean, what's on TCU's mind? The, the, the first two quarters where they competed or the last two quarters where they got thumped? The the final, you know exactly yeah. what they're thinking. Yeah. That's exactly And so if you can get off to that fast start, build a six, seven, eight-point lead at the end of the first quarter, and it, they may get into that here-we-go-again mode. Yeah. But anyway, you're going to Fort Worth on Saturday, and uh, and you're you're you know it's everybody's getting to know each other. This is the second time that the Bears have had to do that. You know they did it with Texas, and I sat here and said, "Hey, look, a split would be great." And Baylor won them both. Do you think that's an advantage? Like like for Baylor already having been in this scenario in this situation, whereas TCU hasn't. 
Maybe. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I, yeah. Maybe so. It, it could be. I mean, because it's tough to play somebody back-to-back. Right. It, you know, and TCU hasn't done it. And so now, you know, Baylor's had that opportunity. I think the advantage is that Baylor's 20-5 and five and TCU is 6-16. Six and 16. Well, I also think – but another thing is this is also a good way to prepare your mindset for tournament play too, right? Like you're playing these teams back-to-back like that. It kind of – as we're heading into March – well, you're going to play in back-to-back days, but yeah. you're playing different people. I know. And, and but yeah, I mean, uh, when when you when you got quick turns like that, there's no question. Uh, so the uh, the the Bears win, and again, Iowa State loses. You mentioned uh, Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That Iowa State's going to go play Oklahoma. Oklahoma got beat last night as well, uh, and um, they got beat pretty handily by as well. ten. Yeah. yeah, and it was a high-scoring game. Uh, Tech beat Oklahoma ninety-seven to eighty-seven. And you're like, okay, I'm trying to figure that out. Tech, with the win, 3-10 and 10 in conference play. I think that's one of those things where we've talked about where you can't overlook a team. Nobody. They, you're, they, you're hot. They overlooked they the Red They Raiders. overlooked Texas Tech. Yeah, they yeah. absolutely did. Had that's to. exactly what happened. So, uh, and give up nearly 100 points. 97-87 yeah. is your final in that one. So, there you go. All right. Uh, 7.44. We're 16 away from 8 o'clock. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. How would you like to sell your home in five days? If you're if you're thinking about putting your home on the market, uh, you could sell your home in five days. The brokerage house guarantees they'll sell your home in five days or less, or they will buy it for the price that you agree upon prior to listing your home. The brokerage house is your connection to buyers from uh, – uh, around Central Texas, but also nationally and internationally. And the Brokerage House and Aaron R- Ryan have a uh, proven marketing system that is known to generate offers above market value and multiple offers for your home. If you'd like to know more about uh, the Brokerage House, just uh, just contact them at 5daystosold.com. That's the numeral 5 Five days to sold.com or call Aaron at 817-812-2978. That's 817-812-2978. We're talking about the brokerage house. My house has a new glow. I love my windows. Universal windows direct. Cold weather is here and so is time to replace those old windows. When you call Universal Windows Direct, it's easy to schedule an in-home consultation where you can discuss your specific window needs with an expert team member. Universal's exclusive Unishield windows have 11 times less air infiltration as standard windows and have been awarded the most efficient windows by Energy Star for eight consecutive years. They offer 0% financing for 60 months. That's 0% financing for 60 months. Call Universal Windows Direct for a free in-home estimate at 254-301-7760 or check them out on the web at universalwindowscentraltexas.com. And don't forget to check out their great Google and Angie List reviews. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas. Football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. 
Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe, ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lark Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Update brought to you by ASCO Equipment in Belton off I-35. On it with Case Construction Equipment, whatever the job is. Texas Tech continued its home winning streak with an 83-73 win over Baylor. The Bears lost both meetings with the Red Raiders this season and host TCU Saturday morning. The Baylor women chalked up their 20th win of the season with an 80-55 win over TCU. Queen Egbo led the way with 22 points. They'll meet the Frogs in Fort Worth on Saturday. With a 64-54 win over Collin, the McLennan Highlanders have claimed the championship of the Northern Texas Junior College Conference. Nehemiah Knuckles led the balanced attack with 12 points. The McLennan High Lassies dropped a 75-65 decision to Collin. Their league record now 7-7 with three games left on the schedule. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. All right, welcome back into the program. This is Game Time, presented by Alan Samuels, Dodge Chrysler, Jeep, Ram, Fiat, your friend in the car business. Uh, let's see. Uh, on our CNC Collision Center text line, Justin says, problem with the Cowboys like problems on a math test, always. <laughs> He's right. I don't He's disagree. Right. I do not disagree. Uh, whether you love them, whether you hate them, they're going to be in the news. Yeah, whether it's good news, bad news, they're going to be in the news. And that's the way Jerry wants it. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that he wants – all care. of this, he doesn't care. Uh, but you know the, the the conversation with coaches, I think he thrives on uh, this Rich Dalrymple thing. Not so much, but uh, I don't know. That's just my opinion on on that, and it, it, we'll talk a little bit about it later on. Here's my question, guys: There is a what appears to be a huge conflict. Between Conference USA and three of its member institutions that are leaving, uh, Old Dominion, Marshall, and Southern Miss. Now, the conference released its football schedule for next fall, and it included Marshall, Old Dominion, and Southern Miss. 
Because they had to. But those institutions are saying, we're out of here in June. This thing, does it end up in a court of law? I mean, I guess it could. It could, but I don't know that if you're Conference USA, you push that. You're absolutely going to push it. You want those three in, 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 your, uh, in your league this year, or you want them to write you the check. I think that's really what well, it is. I mean, I that, mean yeah. Yeah. It, it, they're probably going to write the check and just say, hey, we'll see you later. I mean, they're not going to try to make them stay. They'll, they'll want the check and just say, okay, fine. Yeah, and I mean, if you're one of those teams and, and you're adamant about being out, you're, you're, gonna, you know you're not going to waste any time about yeah. writing the money because yeah. you're going to make it up in the long run. They, they know that's coming down the pipe, so they don't care. Conference USA has issued multiple statements saying the league expects its three departing members to follow conference bylaws and honor their contracts by remaining through the 2022-2023 academic year. According to the football schedule, Southern Miss will open its season against Liberty, uh, while Old Dominion will host Virginia Tech, and Marshall will host Norfolk. So there was, and maybe there is mention of money. Conference USA bylaws state that members must give the conference 14 months notice before departing. So there, look, I'm, it doesn't say much about money here. It says we want you in our league, and we want you to honor the bylaws. There's always a way out. Yeah, and I think, honestly, when, when you look at, is somebody um, withstanding their contract? I, I feel like that's one of those things that's kind of outdated at, at this point. Nobody really looks at that and sticks to it. Right. Like if you're gonna say, if your conference, what do you, you, what do you mean no one sticks to it? I mean, if look, if you want out, there's of two someone, in this league that are sticking to it. Well, that's fine, but I, I think they don't want to pay the buyout. Yeah, the, they'll the eventually buyout. buy out. They don't care. They don't want to be here. Well, no, they don't want to be here, but they're sticking to it because for they're, now they're. Because the buyout and because the SEC is not really ready to accept them yet. Yeah, if there was a look, if Marshall or Old Dominion want out, like, and they they have the, they don't care about a contract. They're gonna get out of there. And if they're saying by June we're out, yeah, then let them go. I bet they're gone. Conference USA is gonna add four new members: New Mexico State, Sam Houston State, and Jacksonville State, along with Liberty in 2023. So they're they're swapping them, but they're they're saying, hey, you got to hang on to twenty twenty three. But look, just right here in in our backyard, there's two that are sticking because they don't want to write the check. Right. I mean, so and, and again, I I don't think that the SEC is quite ready to to you know welcome them with mm-hmm. open arms right Why not? now because there's a scheduling problem and that they're going to have to go so into you're telling me you that smart people can't get in a room and figure out how to add two teams well they could but i don't think that they really want to right now what then why not because they don't want to change what they've already got in place then why'd they add them well because they, money. the money is well, then, going to come down wh- later on what do you mean later on because the new tv contracts don't go in effect until 2025 you don't think that can't be changed well i don't know that's up to the tv yeah. It's not up to the schools. You, you don't think that if they said, hey, we got them this year, that they don't sit down and figure that out? Maybe the TVs don't want to split the money up that way. That's 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 entirely away from I, the conference. That has to do with the TV contract. Yeah, I think ESPN really controls Oklahoma and Texas situation. I don't necessarily think they have the same influx or pull when you're looking at these other schools like Marshall and them. It's two totally different Well, I spectrum. get that. I mean, you're talking apples and oranges when you come to Absolutely. how big a stick you swing. Uh, but I'm telling you right now, if the SEC, it, it, I think, in my opinion, if they could 
If they could have them this fall, they'd have them this fall. But they can't have them this fall uh, unless somebody gets a checkbook out. I mean, they might be looking at they might be looking at Texas and be like, "Hold up, we want to wait. Let them get a little better yeah. before they come on over here." That has a little bit to do. But with let's it let too. them get a little bit better. Look, whether you think Texas is good, bad, or indifferent, they're a brand, and the league wants a brand. That's why they why they bring them over in the first place. Why did they accept their invitation? I mean, why did why did they invite them in the first place? It's a brand, and brand means money. Yeah. I mean, that's – so why wouldn't you want that money now? Well, and for Texas, too, there's one thing that's going to go away from them when when they go over to the SEC. LHM. Yeah, it's the Longhorn Network. It's gone. I so mean, I get that. They're going to – they want to hang on to that as long as they possibly can. And but don't you know that they have it. figured out – They have well, yeah, they, they have figured out a way to – uh, somehow overcome. I think the the move over to the SEC, they have figured out how to. Oh yeah, absolutely. To to, to, to absorb that loss, mm-hmm. I promise you they have, or they wouldn't have done it. Because you're right, that was a big deal to them, a mm-hmm. big deal to them, and it was a lot of money to them. So uh, I don't know. I, I just I'm wondering, and we'll watch. I mean, how this conference USA thing. And you're right, that league. Compared to the Big 12 and the SEC, mm. it, it is apples and oranges, but it's still member institutions wanting to leave right. before the deal's done, and I want to see how it works. I want, I, to see, well, I want to see if it ends up in a courtroom or if they have some kind of litigation to settle it. I, 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 I don't if, know. If they want out, they'll get out. I think they'll try to avoid the courts at all costs. Absolutely. But, yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where I could see it ending up there, but I think they'll buy it. They'll figure out a buyout. But buy don't out. you think yeah. Conference USA has – has the upper hand here because it literally is the, <sighs> the contract. I mean, it's in black and white. You stay. You have to give us fourteen months. But I mean, to me, that's like contracts a, are made to be broken. Yeah, that's like a coach signing a car. That's like okay, Aranda signed one through twenty twenty nine. That's not saying that in twenty twenty six he's gone. Not can't leave. But they're going to have to go through the buyout process. Yeah, right. Well, and if a big dog comes up and wants him, they'll go. get him. Well, and and if and if if those three member institutions want to leave CUSA, they they better be willing to write a check to get out of there. I, I guess. think I think they're ready. Honestly, I do. I well, mean, that's going to be the deal. If they want to leave, they'll leave. They'll just write the check, whatever it is. Okay, fine. Because but, they feel like the grass is greener somewhere else. But Conference USA is not just going to let them walk out uh, without slapping their hand and going, "Hang back up, back back this." That's why they've released three or four things. Why do you think it's in the news today? It is. I just think that it's it's one of those things where it's a it's they have to show some sort of control or pushback. Or pushback. But at, at the to me, the institutions have more power than a conference itself. Just like conferences have more power than the NCAA itself. We're gonna find out. Uh, I I think Conference USA has has a legitimate beef here, and I think that those three institutions are gonna have to do something. To I don't think they just walk away. I right. don't think they go see it. We're out of here. I don't care what you think. Well, I because it's going to end up. I don't think so a- either. But I think that they they write the check and say, "Hey, we're going to pay the, whatever the payout is, and we're done." All right, we'll find out. Seven fifty eight. Let's uh, talk some Baylor basketball. Let's welcome in the voice of the Bears, John Morris, with today's Baylor sports beat. It's time now for today's Baylor sports beat. Your daily dose of green and gold. Here's the voice of the Bears, John Morris. Hi, everybody. It's time for a check of Baylor Athletics on today's Baylor Sports Beat. 
Coming up, Baylor men's and women's basketball from last night. Good news from the Farrell Center. Not so good news from Lubbock. Details straight ahead on today's Baylor Sports Beat. In Texas, there's pea-sized hail and baseball-sized hail. Guess which one hit our house? We didn't even know where to begin, but we called our Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent, and he was so reassuring. He knew exactly what to do to get our house back into shape and our lives back to normal. Now, we're even more thankful for the roof over our heads. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to insure your home for Texas-sized weather. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. Not only will you find an award-winning dealer at Allen Samuels, but you'll also find some great award-winning products. The 2021 Ram brand ranked number one automotive brand on J.D. Power's initial quality study. The 2021 Dodge brand ranked number two behind Ram and the 2021 Jeep Gladiator named highest quality midsize truck. Allen Samuels, 201 West Loop 340 in Waco, where we deliver quality. Come by. Let's be friends. You're listening to the Baylor Sports Beat on ESPN Central Texas. Here again is the voice, John Morris. And welcome back. Baylor men's basketball, number seven in the nation, playing number 11 Texas Tech last night in Lubbock. Bears led at halftime 39-32, but the Red Raiders put it on the Bears in the second half and ended with an 83-73 win over Baylor. Tech sweeps the season series over the Bears. That win last night coupled with a three-point win in the Farrell Center earlier this season. Now the Baylor men taking on TCU Saturday morning, 11 a.m. in the Farrell Center. Meanwhile, the seventh-ranked Baylor women hosting TCU last night in the Farrell Center. A three-point game at halftime turned into a 25-point win for the Baylor women. Queen Egbo and Alyssa Smith with double-doubles in the victory after the game, women's coach Nikki Collin. I'm grateful to be back um, where we control our own destiny. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, when you start 0-2, you know you're going to need help. And so, um, you know, we've been pretty good since we were 0-2, but um, you still need help. And now, you know, it puts us back in the driver's seat in terms of controlling our own destiny, not necessarily the driver's seat because – because we have the easiest schedule down the stretch or anything like that, because I think we've got a tough schedule down the stretch. But, um, you know, I mean, we just have to take care of each game. I mean, that's what it's about, um, going 1-0, and um, not looking past the team in front of us. Um, not a, You know, I mean, you look at TCU, they played us great for two and a half quarters, you know, and, and so certainly at home we're going to get another good test from them. I think they're going to get, um, you know, probably – um, some confidence from how they played early on, and they're going to look at some of the shots that they got um, and missed, and feel like you know if we make those at home, like we'll, we'll be in, we'll be in a good game with them. So you know we got to focus on TCU, um, and after TCU, we got to focus on Oklahoma State, and through all of that, we just got to focus on us. Nikki Collin following last night's 80-55 to Baylor win over TCU. Next up for the Baylor women, they'll play at TCU this Saturday afternoon at one. Also, acrobatics and tumbling wins on the road over East Texas Baptist University. And that's today's Baylor Sports Beat. More tomorrow. I'm John Morris.
Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas, football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. From the Alan Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Studios, this is KRZI Waco, K222DC Waco, K265DV Temple, ESPN Central Texas. Just after 8 o'clock, welcome back into the program. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Garrett, we're glad you're with us, and we welcome into the program Mike Craven from uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Mike, good morning. How are you? Good morning, guys. How are y'all doing? We are terrific. We appreciate your time today. Hey, you, you did an article uh, recently on 10 coaches who could follow the path of Jeff Trailer and Joy McGuire and, 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 you know, obviously become head coaches. When you, when you did this piece, what were some of the things that you looked at? What was the criteria you looked at w- when you put this together? Yeah, I tried to find some guys who had been head coaches at, at the high school level at some point, or at least close to it. I think there was only one guy on the list that hadn't been a head coach. That was Will Stein, who was an offensive coordinator at Lake Travis for a couple of years. So I tried to find guys who were a little bit younger, who I know who have expressed some interest of maybe moving up to that uh, college ranks before or make that jump, or at least interested in it. And some guys who can recruit and who could be position coaches um, to make that jump. Because I think what Jeff and Joey did correctly that maybe like a Todd Dodge didn't do 20 years ago was be an assistant somewhere first, go coach a position group, go be a coordinator, uh, do stuff like that before you just go straight to being a head coach. So I try to identify some guys um, that have those same type of profiles some success at the high school level who are still young enough to work their way up uh, the college ranks and eventually become a head coach. How difficult is that move for a coach to make? I, I think it's becoming easier. Uh, I think 20 years ago, you know, things used to trickle down. You know, the the things at the pro level would then be at the college level and then would be at the high school level. I, I feel like now it's the reverse. Stuff trickles up. Like now, if you want to know what NFL offenses are going to run 10 years from now, watch high school football, right? So <laughs> I do think that jump has become easier and easier because college is stealing from high school and NFL is stealing from college. And so those guys are able to move up a level and not only be ahead of the game, but kind of instill some stuff of, that they're running at the high school level that maybe is just now getting to college. Mike, one of the coaches you have on the list from a Baylor perspective is Sean Bell. Uh, when you look at Bell and his path and you know what he's able to do at the high school ranks coming into college, what makes him the right fit uh, to do this? You know, one is his demeanor. You talk to Sean Bell for you know just a little bit, and you can tell he's a football guy. I mean, he grew up in a football family. His dad was a head coach. Clearly, offensive guys and especially quarterbacks have a little bit clearer path into to becoming head coaches because of how offense-minded uh, football is in, in the modern era. So just his demeanor, his background, the fact that he was a head coach so young in his career and he's already been you know, a, a multiple-position college head coach or college position coach, it really just feels like a matter of time before Sean Bell becomes an offensive coordinator and then eventually a head coach. That feels... For him, it, that felt like the, like the most no-brainer on the list. Like Riley Dodge, Sean Bell feel like pretty much a matter of when, not if, they'll be head coaches at the college level. Mike, recently, uh, just within 
last few days, and and it's been obviously it's it's happened over the last couple of weeks. But uh, Dave Aranda's deal was officially announced, and uh, it, it runs through twenty twenty nine. What does that do uh, for Baylor University, for the coaching staff, for for the recruits that are that are looking at this university? Yeah, I mean, I think it establishes a sense of stability that maybe there isn't at, at some other schools in, in the new look Big 12, right? Like TCU just got a new head coach. Texas Tech just got a new head coach. You never know what's going to go on at Texas. And so I think it puts Baylor in a position where Dave Aranda and his staff can go on the recruiting trail and look players and parents in the eyes and tell them truthfully, look, I'm going to be here through this whole deal, right? Like by the time you get here and by the time you graduate, I'm still under contract, and I think that's a big deal with with what we've seen in the transfer portal and how the coaches move around and how assistants move around. I think what Baylor is doing is putting a flag in the ground and saying, hey, look, we have our guy. We're really good with our guy, and he's going to be here for as long as he wants to be here. And so not only do I think that helps, you know, recruiting, I also think it protects Baylor, right? It also probably added a buyout, you know, a little bit more of a buyout in there to where if Dave Aranda is poached by somewhere, you know, now they can use that money to go buy that next coaching staff. And, you know, I think that's all you want to do as a college is put yourself in a position where now it's up to the coach. If Dave Aranda wants to be there for the next 20 years, Dave Aranda can be there for the next 20 years. Of those 10 coaches that you followed and you looked at possibly making that transition from a head coach in high school to an assistant or, or taking over a program as a coordinator, is there also some of those that you look at and go, yeah, but this is really where he's thriving and they may not have that desire to go to the next level. They may be satisfied of where they're at in high school football because of that's the realm they want to be in. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think that's what was so surprising about like a Jeff trailer, you know, he, he kind of felt like a lifer at Gilmer. And so, you know, I could have put like a Scott Surratt on the list from from Carthage. You know, he could easily make that jump or a Hank Carter at, at Lake Travis. But it feels like those guys are pretty entrenched at the high school level, and that's where they want to be. That's where they feel comfortable. And, you know, if they wanted to make the jump, they probably already would have. So, for sure, I, I do think there's guys that are just, you know, high school football coaches, and that's where they want to be, and they make plenty of money, and they like being – uh, kind of in charge of all that stuff. They don't want to recruit. They don't want the headache that comes along with, with college football. So I do think there are plenty of guys in Texas high school football that just want to want to remain there. I just do feel like, you know, the fact that two out of the 12 FBS coaches in the state or former high school coaches just is in, indicative of a trend that's only continuing and continuing with, with high school coaches, kind of becoming the power brokers and the you know, kind of the main big players in football across the state, not only at the high school level, but nowadays at the college level, too. I mean, when Matt Rule got hired at Baylor, you saw how quickly he put together a staff uh, that had ties to the high school community, including Joey McGuire, Sean Bell, and, and some of those guys we've already mentioned. So it, it's clearly really important, and it's clearly a, an avenue that is easier and easier for these guys to, to take than maybe it was 20 years ago. When it was a little bit of I remember when Todd Dodge, made that jump from South Lake Carroll, North Texas, it, it put everybody on their heels. It was like, hey, how is this going to work? Or even Chad Morris when he did it. And so nowadays it feels like every single offseason there's five or six high school coaches making that move. Along those same lines, uh, we see it all the time, is there's quality college coordinators that are just not meant to be head coaches. So when these ADs are looking at these guys to – potentially go grab a coordinator from someplace else. What are some of the things they're looking for 
that that can maybe you know send up that red flag to say, hey, you know what, he he's he's probably better off being that coordinator because that's what he's good at. It's probably personality, you know, just like the the ability to be uh, be a CEO. I mean, because you're absolutely right. I mean, there are some guys who are who are better at at being coordinators or even position coaches than they are being head coaches. We see it all the time where guys kind of get tried out for a year or two and then they just kind of become lifelong coordinators after that because it doesn't work out. So I think a lot of that just becomes demeanor. It becomes a lot more about other stuff than just football when you're not a coordinator. I think Dave Aranda's spoken to that before, how when he was a coordinator, it was just football, 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 football. When you become a head coach, you kind of become a father. You become a figurehead. You become a fundraiser. Uh, you, you have to do all of these extra things other than football. And not everybody has the personality to do that. I know I wouldn't have the personality to do that. You know, I'm a better writer than I would be an editor. And so we all have our lane. And so I, I do think that a lot of it just simply comes down to your personality and your ability to, to manage other grown people. Mike, looking at this list, one of the, the other names that really stuck out to me was DJ Mann. And when you look at him, uh, his relationship up there with Joey McGuire when they were at Cedar Hill, now he's what he's done out at Lubbock Coronado – could you see him making that transition like uh, like Chris Gilbert did at Texas where he could go into that Lubbock staff already having that relationship and hit the road on a recruiting aspect? Yeah, I mean, I, I would put my yearly salary on DJ Mann being a part of a college staff within five years. I mean, I, I think he is absolutely on that track to be somebody who goes from high school coach to you know coaching wide receivers and doing recruiting and then working his way up from there. He, he, he's excelled everywhere that he's been. Everybody likes him, including players, including coaches, including media. He just kind of fits all of those you know molds that you need uh, to make that transition. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, I, I think he's he's another one of those guys who's clearly going to make that jump eventually. He wants to be a head coach for a little bit. You know, he's at his alma mater, so he's enjoying that. He's having success there. But yeah, I mean, between us, I, I don't think I, I don't think it would be shocking at all if next off season or the off season after that he was on Texas Tech staff or some other staff around the state helping you know with wide receivers and, and especially with recruiting. How do you think these coaches go about digging these diamonds in the rough and finding these guys? that are kind of on your list and, and and be able to know that, hey, this is a guy that I have to have on my staff because you mentioned Matt Rule and Joey McGuire. That was, you know, really the first name that he looked at and said, this is a guy that is entrenched in Texas high school football. I have to have this guy. How do they go about finding those guys? I think a lot of it is the Texas High School Coaches Association. When you get a job here in the state, especially if you're from outside of it, the first you know ring you need to go kiss is, is up there at those offices. And so, you know, I think you start asking those guys, "Hey, if you were me and, and you're trying to get you know some Texas high school guys on the staff and really build relationship with the THSDA, who are some names that I should go vet?" And you know, back then when when Matt Rule got on campus, you know, Joey McGuire was probably one of the first or second names that were mentioned. So, you know, it's kind of, you know, mafioso, right? I mean, they really do run this state in a way that, that coaches don't in other states, to their credit. They're, they're, they're the power brokers of the state. A lot of stuff goes through them. You cannot have success as a, as a football coach in the state of Texas without their blessing, without their approval. And so I, I think a lot of it just goes through those offices of, and what the old-timers in there kind of tell some of those new coaches on, hey, you should go look at this guy. Hey, you should go look at that guy. I really do think sometimes it's as simple as that. 
talking with Mike Craven from Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Mike, from coaches who are possibly on the rise to getting hired to one who has been hired, when you look at uh, Jamarcus McFarland, what does he bring to TCU and that staff? Yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be an excellent recruiter because when you can go on the road and you can not only point to your success as a coach, but you can point to your success as a player, I mean, I, I think that really helps, right? That's a feather in the cap to go like, I've done this at a major, major level. I know what it takes, not because I've just coached it. I know what it takes because I've been through it. And he knows what the lows look like. He can relate to the players. He knows some of the troubles that go into it and the ups and downs that inevitably happen with 18 to 22-year-olds. So I think he was a huge hire for TCU. They also had kind of you know vetted you know Rod, Rod Wright, who is at UTSA, who's also a former Big 12 defensive tackle. So I really like what Sonny Dykes and TCU have, have done with their staff, and I think McFarland's going to be a guy who – really helps that defensive line and you know we all watch big 12 football and we know tcu needs as much help in the front seven as they can get because that rushing defense last year was atrocious is that one of the biggest things mike that they're looking at too also is their ability to have not only the relationships they have on their campuses right now in high school but the ability for them to have that relationship going into somebody's living room and being a good recruiter Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I if we have to split it up, I think it's 60% recruiting, 40% coaching. I, I really do. I, I think James and Joe's mattered a lot more than the X's and O's. And, and these coaches know that. With the transfer portal uh, going on the way that it is now, you really need guys who can connect with players and keep them on campus. Not only recruit them to campus, but keep them on campus. And so I think we're starting to see staff get younger. I think that's the reason we're starting to see more high school coaches, you know, get hired. They're used to being with younger guys who have a little bit different mentality than maybe college kids did 20 years ago. And I do think recruiting not only just on the road, but recruiting within your locker room is a huge, huge deal that that staff have to pay attention to now that maybe they didn't, you know, back when I was a kid where it was just kind of like my way or the highway, you know, there's the door. You can go find it if you want to. It's not that way anymore. And so, uh, these coaching staffs have had to adjust, and I think because of that, you're starting to see a lot more former players, a lot more younger coaches, and a lot more former high school coaches being these college staffs in places of importance because of how important it is to keep players on the staff or keep players in the locker room and kind of appease them in a way, you know, keep them happy because that, that's the name of the game right now. Mike, when you look uh, uh, ahead at the guys headed out to the combine, uh, Baylor sentenced seven guys. I know me and you have talked before about Bernard and Petrie and how good they are. When you look at the seven players that Baylor is sending, who do you think has the best opportunity to get picked up high or, or has the best opportunity to go into the draft? Yeah, I mean, I, I, Jalen Petrie is like a, a man crush I have, right? I mean, I think I, I'm pretty similar to that with everybody in Waco. I mean, I, I love the kid. I mean, not only for what he's stuck around and stuck through, but I think he's the perfect illustration of what modern football is going to look like. He's positionless. He can play safety. He can play outside linebacker. Heck, he can play defensive end and just rush guys. You know, like he can do everything on the football field. He's just a football player. So I think he's going to go really high. Uh, I do think some guys that have a chance to up their stock at the combine are guys like JT Woods and Kalen Barnes. Like Barnes is going to run a time that just shocks people, right? I mean, because he's he's just super fast. So he has a skill set that maybe sneaks him into the draft. But if we're talking like just high end guys that are going to get picked early, I think the the candidates are, are Jalen Peachy, Terrell Bernard. You know, those two guys are, are obvious NFL starters eventually, and guys who are going to be. I would think Petrie's a first round, second round pick. Bernard, at least by the third round. Hey, Mike, we appreciate your time today. Uh, what else are you working on uh, in, in the offseason for us? 
Uh, speaking of mock drafts, I actually did a, a thing that's coming out today where I just do a first-round mock draft, but the only people eligible are t- Texas high school football <laughs> prospects, right? Lo- so, love you know, it. So there'll be that'll be coming out today. Uh, you know, we'll be looking at like the top ten returners at quarterback, at running back, at wide receiver, and stuff, kind of leading into spring. And then we had our first magazine meeting yesterday. So it, it's getting in, it's getting into magazine season already, where we got to start uh, getting that out. This will be my first year fully doing that. So I got twenty three assignments by the you know that are due by May first. So I got to start traveling around the state and getting with the coaches and getting interviews and start putting together. Uh, the Bible for the summer. Well, I was going to say, football cannot start in this state until the magazine is available on the shelf. So, I mean, that's just rules. I've always, I've always helped out part time. You know, I was at the Statesman before this job, so I've always kind of helped out. You know, done some capsules and, and done the UTSA section, done some recruiting section. This is the first time I'm going to be kind of fully in charge of, of the college section. So, it's a little overwhelming, but it's also a, a really big point of pride. I mean, Dave Campbell was was one of my mentors and a guy who was super nice to me early in my career when he had no reason to. He gave me a lot of opportunities and helped me a lot. So it's just kind of cool to to be in this position and to continue on the tradition that he started because he really did create something that, you know, is so unique to Texas high school football and Texas college football and uh, is just really important to the fabric of the sport in our area. And it's a, it's a privilege to be a part of it. Well said. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. See, see you later. Uh, Mike Raven from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. He said Dave Campbell helped him when he really didn't have any reason to. How many guys in this industry can have said that? A million. Yeah. Dave Campbell was nice to me. Dave Campbell helped me when he really had no reason to. I mean, unbelievable. Uh, good stuff there. All right, 820, 20 minutes after 8. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. We're glad you're with us from the Allen Samuels Dodge Chrysler Jeep Ram Fiat Studios. Tom Ward-Garrett, we're right back with more in just a moment. This is a Fox 44 weather update. I'm Chief Meteorologist Mike LaPointe. Clearing skies today with breezy and falling temperatures. Matter of fact, temperatures will be in the upper 40s by 5 p.m. Blustery conditions tonight with mostly clear skies. We dropped to 26. And tomorrow, mostly sunny skies. It's going to be a cool day with a high of 57. Join me every weeknight during Fox 44 News at 536 and 9. For your forecast first, plus check out fox44news.com for any changes in the weather. Join us live from Rudy's in Waco for our next Baylor Coaches Show. Join us Thursday, February 17th, and hear from women's basketball coach Nikki Collin and baseball coach Steve Rodriguez. Join us for the Baylor Coaches Show from 6 to 7 p.m. live from Rudy's on the Circle in Waco with your host, John Morris, right here on your home for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas. At ASCO, we don't spend time getting ready, we are ready. That's what it means when we say we're on it. We're on it with dedicated service and support, rentals, sales, and delivery. We're on it with Case Construction Equipment, equipment that's powerful, efficient, and dependable. Case Equipment that can dominate a job site, endure the elements, and be up and running whenever you're ready to finish the job. At ASCO, we're on it, whatever it is. 
54th District Judge Susan Kelly here. Over a year ago, I survived a rigorous application process in which I competed against other serious qualified candidates. After a thorough vetting, Governor Greg Abbott appointed me to the 54th and now endorses me because I apply the rule of law and deliver justice for all. A conservative Republican, I have managed and moved the docket this past year, ensuring that every accused receives justice and if convicted, receives swift and proper punishment. Early voting has started. Please vote and keep Judge Kelly. Political ad paid for by Susan Kelly from McLennan County Judge Campaign. Slovacek Sausage has found a great home in Central Texas, and we're growing with you. We have found so many ways to celebrate all the great things about Texas, football, family, and friends, and so much more. We have all of the barbecue, specialty meats, and over 35 kinds of kolaches to make your next meal or gathering a great success, and we do all the work. If you're on the road, we have the best place for your pooch to stop and stretch with our beautiful dog park. So with the hospitality of Texas and our Czech heritage, Vitame Vos. That means we welcome you. At Slovacek's, you'll love our sausage. Since 1943, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has been the number one provider of structural pipe, ranging from one half inch to 24 inch in diameter. They can handle all your fencing needs. They also carry square tubing from one half inch to six inches for weekend warrior projects, such as deer stands and ornamental iron jobs. If you need purlin, tubing, beams, weld plates, H braces, fence posts, culverts, or metal building supplies, Pioneer Steel and Pipe has the largest inventory of those products in Central Texas. Pioneer Steel and Pipe, with locations in Waco and Bryan and at pioneerboys.com. Searching for popular jewelry at affordable prices? Do yourself a favor and check out Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond. They have a large selection of men's and women's gold, silver, and stainless steel jewelry, including rings, necklaces, chains, bracelets, and earrings, plus jewelry for the Western crowd and biker enthusiasts. Financing is available. Apply today by texting 16118 to 22462. Appaloosa Trading Post Rodeo Pond, 3101 North Robinson Drive in Waco. Here at La Fiesta, our recipe for being happy and stress-free is a bowl of chili con queso and a plate of enchiladas or steaming fajitas. Pick some up on your way home so you don't have to cook. Order online at LaFiesta.com. Call ahead or dine in and get any of your La Fiesta favorites. La Fiesta makes dinner a lot easier. La Fiesta, Waco's original Tex-Mex since 1963. Located in Waco at 3815 Franklin Avenue. La Fiesta Restaurant and Cantina, where passion is our most important ingredient. LaFiesta.com. Eight twenty four. Welcome back in. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Tom Ward and Gary. We're glad you're with us. Bryce Cherry, the Waco Trib, coming up in a few minutes. But right now, we welcome into the program from ESPN San Antonio and blogging the boys. We say good morning to RJ Achua. RJ, it's the off season. We don't normally talk cowboy football in the off season, but. They're in the news again today. Well, uh, good morning to you guys. Happy almost weekend. Um, yeah, uh, you know, we talk Cowboys all off season long because, uh, you know, the, the, you know, generally we, we're, we're like to, you know, we like to be on the hunt for the good things, the, you know, the would-be draft prospects liking tweets of themselves and, and Cowboys photoshops. Uh, but, uh, but the last few weeks have been anything but the sort. You know, I- one of the things that we were talking about this morning is Jerry Jones loves that the Cowboys are being talked about when it comes to things like coaches. I mean, he there's a, you know he went on uh, one of the radio stations in in Dallas and, and talked about uh, hey all three talking about Kellen Moore, McCarthy, and and uh, Dan Quinn. They'd all love to be the head coach of the Cowboys. He likes to stir that stuff up, but this uh, this story with Rich Dalrymple that's 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 another turn, isn't it? 
Very much so. I mean, to your point, um, you know, Jerry's season-ending radio interview there on the fan in Dallas uh, came the, the Friday after the season ended, which was the Friday before the divisional round. And that was the Friday that he declined to fully commit to McCarthy for the 2022 season. And I, I believe, you know what you said, I believe Jerry wanted, you know, the Cowboys to be in the A block of stories on NFL Network and ESPN as Divisional Sunday was getting ready to go because the Cowboys themselves aren't playing in them. And so you're right. I, I think he loves that. But, uh, but, but the report yesterday from ESPN, obviously extremely troubling, extremely concerning. Um, you know, it, 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 I think, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but, you know, in a, in a technical sense so far, all allegations, but um, the, the evidence that exists at least um, certainly certainly lends belief to, to the idea that these things happen, which would, would be deplorable and uh, would, would obviously be very unbecoming of Rich Darrymple, but but extremely unbecoming of the Dallas Cowboys for tolerating that behavior and for having him around for seven years after the fact. How to how does the front office Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, and and everybody how do they maneuver around this now that it's starting to gain legs and, and really they're turning their heads toward the Cowboys because I've seen even where it's, okay, the Cowboys are no different than the Washington Red football team, whatever you want to call them. But, you know, they're being compared to them now. I, I think that comparison's fair, I'm, you know, and, and, and that's a difficult pill to swallow. Um, but you know, uh, crime is crime, you know, heinous activity is heinous activity. And, and the Cowboys, uh, seem to have a culture of that, uh, again, uh, if these allegations are, are true. And I mean, as far as how do you handle that? I, I mean, I, I think you, you know, if, if you're the Cowboys, you follow the playbook of the commanders. I mean, you know, I, it's hard to say, you know, the team a or team x or team y has been accused of worse this, this is all bad there's there's no measuring you know one of these things against the other and saying well at least this no like it's it's all disgusting um but you know what what has been the actual punishment for the commanders outside of you know the world thinking you know at the lowest possible thing of them there have been no legitimate repercussions there have been no legitimate um you know consequences for their actions and so I think, you know, if you're the Cowboys, and I, I hate that this is the way, you know, the, the world works, I guess you could say, but you just bide your time. You, you, you know, abide by the, the non-disclosure. You offer your no comment when you're asked about this, and you wait until next week when, I don't know, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm making this up, but Kyler Murray demands a trade, and then that takes the front and center, you know, moment of the NFL news cycle. Um, and that, that's generally how these things tend to go, which is really unfortunate and really sad. RJ, from the mess off the field to the mess on the field, when you look at the past two Super Bowl champions, Tampa Bay and the Rams, they both kind of just went all in on one season. At this point, I feel like this is probably the trend that we're going to see going forward, but from a Dallas perspective, what must they do? And do you see Jerry Jones going to the extreme? I mean, Tom's, you know, Tom is what it is with him. Uh, do you, does he go all in? I mean, you know, I think, you know, there is this impression of Jerry Jones that, that exists, um, you know, and, and we get this a lot. And, you know, I'm sure you guys get this a lot. People say, oh, Jerry will do whatever. Jerry will cut any check. Jerry will sign any free agent, you know, and, and I can promise you there will be a free agent this year, a big name, you know, that, that you know, it's leaked that they have interest in the Cowboys. And, and we'll, we'll write about it at Blogging the Boys because, hey, I, I, I like my job. But, I mean, <laughs> those things will not happen. I mean, they, they are not that team. They are 
notoriously cheap and frugal and have been for, you know, it, it was 10 years ago that the Cowboys gave big time money to Brandon Carr and that spooked them. They, they have been turtles in their shells uh, ever since then because they feel like they got burned by that deal. And so they are no longer the team that lines up to spend the moment that free agency begins. They bargain hunt. They look under every rock. They are afraid of losing draft picks or draft capital and affecting the compensatory draft pick formula. And so they just want they, – they believe that they are the, you know, early 2000s Green Bay Packers that can build entirely through the draft. And there's a big sector of the Rams roster that is homegrown and developed. And so, you know, it, it can't be one or the other. But there can be these moves that you facilitate along the way. The Matthew Stafford move obviously kind of headlines everything. But they traded for Von Miller in the middle of the season. Odell was obviously a free agent, and, and there's some luck that goes with that. But, you know, they, they kept going. The, the Rams just, you know – um, like like Herb Brooks in the movie Miracle, you know, just again, again, I mean, more trades, more. Who cares? I mean, they found their formula. They made it work. And and I I really, really doubt that the Cowboys are going to be keen on letting that happen for themselves. Um, and, and I think they'll keep, you know, they'll keep toiling in this. And, and you know, it's the Sean Payton of it all now. I mean, this, this season feels so much more dead on arrival than any that I've covered in recent memory. All right. So there's no question they need help on the offensive line. I mean, we, we all know that. Uh, so do they go get that through free agency? Do they do that through the draft? How does how do they put pieces together to to make sure that, you know, they don't average a yard and a half a carry or whatever it was? I don't you know. You, you know what I'm saying. They just weren't very effective in the running game. And that offensive line just wasn't very good. Sure. And I think the first moment or first thing that needs to happen is, is, is a real come to terms moment. I mean, there's, there's a lot of introspectiveness that needs to happen. There's, you know, we need to put like, we need to send the Cowboys to one of those like fun houses with mirrors. Like they got to look in every mirror, like the wavy mirror, the wonky mirror, the straight up normal mirror, because they, you know, they do not want to acknowledge or realize that Tyron Smith's better days have passed him by. Lyle Collins' days maybe have passed him by. Zach Martin is, is, you know, still amazing, but certainly closer to that tipping point than anything else. And so you are kind of back to a maybe average offensive line. And so until they, they reckon with that, you know, reality, they're, you know, they're, they're dealing in, in false hope. And so, but as far as, you know, new blood is concerned, I mean, they're not going to spend in free agency. That's just not how they operate. And so as, as lovely as that would be, you know, their free agency acquisition last year along the offensive line was Ty Insecki, who they basically hated halfway through the season and, and refused to play. Um, and so I, I think their plan is to hope and pray and cross their fingers that Kenyon Green, who went to the greatest school in the world, Texas A&M University, uh, will somehow, you know, fall to the 24th overall pick. And that will be their thing because in their minds, they've done it before. They've taken these rookie offensive linemen. They've taken a rookie guard in Zach Martin and turned him into a future pro football Hall of Famer. And so it can be done. And sure, it can be done. Like, you know, you can, you can throw a dart and have it hit the bullseye. But, you know, the reality is you've been dancing around this bar for 26 years and you know, at that point, you know, the bullseye becomes a little bit thinner and thinner and harder to hit. And so um, it's it's hard to believe that they're going to be able to land this thing in just one fell swoop of draft capital. RJ, the Dallas Cowboys will be better in 2022 and one step closer to winning a playoff game if they do what? I know this is an unpopular opinion for some people um, and, a, and another hard truth to reckon with, but if, if they – if they let go of the idea of Zeke Elliott being their identity, 
I mean, you know, you, there's that's just that's not it anymore. You know, there was there was a time where Zeke was this incredible, you know, not just cog in the machine, but this incredible engine that powered your offense, and that was a wonderful experience. We all had a great time. We all have memories, you know, like our our Facebook memories pop up every day with all of our statuses with feed Zeke and stuff like that. Um, but, but he's just, you know, and it's not Zeke's fault, not anybody's fault. It's just time. You know, he's just not that player anymore. And, you know, the, the Cowboys, they, they want to win that way. I, I at least believe that, that they want to win by feeding Zeke and him doing the celebrations. And they want that to be their identity. And they want that more than they're willing to adapt and change and adjust to, you know, whatever presents it to themselves throughout the rigors of an NFL game or an NFL season. And so they have to be willing to be flexible, you, you know, it's often, this is an expression I love, be water. That's what you got to be. Be water. Find the crack. Find the way out. Find the orifice that you have to escape from. And that's not who they are. They're, you know, they're like, you know, they're, they're like bacon grease that's been in your fridge for three months. It's just stuck right there. And that, there's no uh, liquidity. There's no malleability to that. It's just the way it is. But they've got to be as loose as possible when it comes to their offensive thinking and disposition. And that's something that we haven't seen from them in quite some time either. So who's the first person to go? Because they can't – I don't see them holding on to this. I mean, is it going to be Dak? Is it Zeke? Is it Amari? I don't see them keeping all of these guys together. You know, they – they, you know, they can't move on from Zeke this offseason. I mean, they they could find a way. I mean, that's that's where you, you know, that's where I would like them to be like the Rams. You know, a year ago or a little bit over a year ago, I suppose, somebody would have said, you, you can't move on from Jared Goff. The cap hit is too enormous. I love the Rams are, are just of the mentality. Who cares? You know, we'll we'll carry that dead money. We'll find a way. But, you know, him not being on the team makes us better. And I, I wish the Cowboys would, would, would operate in a similar fashion. But so I really doubt Zeke is gone. Obviously, Dak isn't gone. It, I mean, it's a very real possibility that they try to save some money by, you know, cutting Amari Cooper, something that they are very known to do because they believe that they can build through the draft is they look at the positions that are deepest throughout the draft and feel like, you know what, we can get our cheap labor there this year. So that means we can move on from our expensive contracts there this year. That's why all the talk exists around Amari Cooper and DeMarcus Lawrence, because this draft has a particularly deep wide receiver and edge rusher class. And so, you know, as, as silly as it sounds on paper, they, they feel, okay, we'll get rid of Amari. We'll get rid of D-Law. We'll save all these millions. And then we'll bring in these third and fourth round picks that are on the books for cheap. And, you know, that would be fine. It, it would still not be cool, but that would be fine if, if they said, and we'll use that, that extra cash to go do this. But they won't. You know, they, they had the, the, the most enviable financial position in the entire NFL when Dak Prescott was on his rookie contract. Nobody in the NFL had a franchise quarterback for that cheap. And they did nothing. They, you know, you look at the Rams. They, you know, when they did have Jared Goff on their rookie contract, they were trading from Brandon Cooks and Sammy Watkins and signing, you know, Aqib Tlaib and all these extra players. You look at what the Chiefs did. They signed Sammy Watkins. Even the Bears, with Mitchell Trubisky on his rookie contract, signed Allen Robinson, took advantage of that particular window. That's the most enviable spot you can be in, having the quarterback on a rookie contract. But the Cowboys are the only team who didn't take advantage of it in the right way, and they had the best possible situation of them all. All right, RJ, what do you got on blogging the boys for us? Well, I wish I had sunshine and rainbows because I feel like we're, we're in drastic need of them. Um, but, you know, we, we really have, you know, we, we get asked all the time, like, hey, hold these guys accountable. You know, like, you know, we need some honesty. So we've really tried to be as transparent as possible and saying this does not feel good. And I, I really feel like I know we didn't talk about it much, but, but McCarthy's comments to Rich Eisen this week, 
really highlight a toxic environment brewing. I, I don't know that it's quite toxic yet, but you know, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of Mike McCarthy. I, I've, I've checked out on him already personally, but I, I don't know how you can't feel for him. Um, and so um, this, this is a really awkward situation where no matter what happens, we're all going to think Sean Payton could do it better. And that might be ridiculous and unrealistic, but that narrative has been created because of what Jerry Jones has done. And so, um, you know, we're, we're already trying, we're, we're getting out the electric paddles and we're, we're electroshocking this body and, uh, we'll see. We're going to get the vitals stabilized and, and hope, you know, hope, hope things take a turn uh, as spring arrives. RJ, as always, it is a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time today. Thanks a lot, guys. Have a great weekend. Talk to you soon. RJ Achoa from Blogging the Boys, talking to Dallas Cowboys with us this morning. 838, we talk with Bryce Cherry, the sports editor of the Waco Tribune Herald. We do it next. Each new year brings a renewed sense of resolve to live life better, which means it's a great time to talk about the state of your personal wealth. I'm Joe Kaleo. If you'd like to start the year with a more robust wealth strategy, we'll help you find new opportunities to meet your goals. Kaleo Wealth Management is a Central Texas team of UBS Financial Services, member FINRA SIPC. Helmet Aerospace in Waco has been employing people in the Waco area for nearly 50 years. Now is the time to join their team with current openings in packaging, shipping, production, engineering, machining, quality, supply chain, and sales. Offering excellent starting pay, benefits from the day you start, and advanced opportunities. Apply now at howmet.com slash Waco Careers. Howmet Aerospace on Imperial Drive in Waco. Apply today. Okay, so what's the most important part about your house? No, it's not that bar or even the man cave. Think about it. The most important thing is your roof. It has to withstand all that Mother Nature can throw your way. So it makes sense to have the best. McAdams & Sons Roofing is your first choice when it comes to protecting your valuable asset. Experienced professionals using only the best materials. So for new construction, re-roofs, repairs, or remodels for composition and metal roofs, think McAdams & Sons Roofing first. And now McAdams & Sons Roofing are installing seamless gutters. They're insured and an A-plus rating on the BBB. McAdams & Sons Roofing will come out, take a look at your roof, and handle all the insurance process for you. Don't let any fly-by-night company look at your roof. Let a real professional you trust do the work for you. Put McAdams & Sons over 40 years of experience to go to work for you all over Central Texas. Check them out online at mcadamsroofing.com or give them a call at 254-799-2949 because you don't want a kid with your house's lid. Sell your home in five days. The brokerage house guarantees they will sell your home in five days or less or they will buy it for a price you agree upon prior to listing your home. They're your connection to buyers from not only around Central Texas, but also nationally. If you're going to sell your home, there's only one real estate agent you should trust, and that's Aaron Ryan at the Brokerage House Realtors. Aaron has a proven marketing system that is known to generate offers above market value and multiple offers. For more information, visit 5daystosow.com. That's 5 days to so.com. Hello, I am Dennis Wilson, and I want your vote for March 1st for the Texas State Representative District 13. After serving the people of Texas for 46 years in county government, it is time for me to serve you at the state level. As a Republican candidate, I will work full-time to protect and preserve our rural Christian way of life in Texas by supporting our public schools, advocating for mental health services, protecting our Second Amendment rights and the unborn, eliminating drug and human trafficking, and securing our borders. Together, we can make Texans safe and secure again. Political ads paid for by the Dennis Wilson campaign. 
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lars Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Rooftop Innovations in Central Texas. Call 254-730-ROOF at 730-7663. Putting your roof above everything else. The Baylor women chalked up their 20th win of the season with an 80-55 win over TCU. The Baylor men, meanwhile, lost to Texas Tech 83-73. McLennan Highlanders are the champions of the Northern Texas Junior College Conference after a 64-54 win over Collin. The Highlassies dropped a 75-65 decision at Collin. The area round of the high school girls basketball playoffs begins tonight with Troy taking on Academy, Crawford tangles with Centerville, and Axtell meets up with Martin's Mill. The Spurs rolled the Thunder 114-106. The Rockets lost in Phoenix 124-121. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Let's talk sports with Bryce Cherry of the Waco Tribune Herald on ESPN Central Texas. Day 43, 17 away from nine. Bryce, good morning. How are you? Doing well. How about you guys? Doing terrific. We appreciate the time this morning. Hey, uh, a couple of days ago, you wrote an article uh, about the late uh, Leroy Coleman, and, and you described Leroy as nice. And a, as I read the article, I, I, my thought was simple. There's no better way to describe Coach Coleman than nice is perfect to des- to describe Coach Coleman because that's clearly what he was throughout his his uh, his career and his life. Yeah, you know, sometimes as a writer, you look for uh, all these, you know, I can't even say the word thesaurus right now, (laughs) thesaurus words uh, to describe, you know, what you're looking for. And sometimes the simple word is is the one that uh, fits the best. And I think, you know, everyone that knew Leroy Coleman would call him nice. Uh, He was just, you know, as I said, one of the nicest people, if not the nicest that I've ever met. And he was like that to everyone. Um, and when you went out there to see him, he always greeted you with a big smile and a hug or, uh, you know, a big handshake and uh, asked how you were doing. And um, and that was genuine. And, um, and you know, I, I mean, it's a big loss. Uh, you know, I think we're all still feeling it. And, um Certainly, uh, he's a great football coach, too. Visiting with Bryce Cherry of the, uh, of the Waco Tribune Herald. Bryce, uh, we've got the first round of the girls' basketball playoffs in the books. Uh, any surprises? Um, <clears throat> no, not really. Uh, I think the teams that, you know, you expected to, to kind of roll did that. I mean, La Vega, Fairfield, uh, they they really rolled. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you guys saw that Fairfield score, yeah. 89-7. Yeah, I was going to ask, uh, don't you think they need to get a little better offensively? <laughs> and, and defensively, too. Yeah, well, good point. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're, you know, that's what you get with, obviously, four teams making the playoffs. And uh, I know, you know, we've had this discussion many, many times. But, uh, you know, you're going to have some really lopsided by district matchups sometimes. And, and that's what, you know, that's what you saw in some of those, but no, I, I didn't see really any, uh, any big surprises. Um, you know, maybe, maybe a few mild ones. Uh, I, I you know, Conley got a good win, uh, the Conley girls, uh, to, to advance to the second round. And, um, 
you know, they were to me kind of a sleeper team. Uh, you know, LaVeya just buzzed through that district and smoked everyone. But, uh, but I think that district was a little bit better than people maybe realize. Uh, it always is good in basically every sport. And, uh, you know, sometimes, uh, playing a team like LaVega can, you know, can toughen you up. And so Conley went out and got a good win the other night. Boys getting ready to start by district. Is there any matchups that you're looking at in by district that could be intriguing? Um, well, you know, so, uh, Midway, has to win tomorrow to, to get into the playoffs. Uh, and um, they're coming out of that district of doom. I mean, you know, they have to beat DeSoto just to get in. Um, so that's going to be tough in itself. But if they get, you know, if they, if they win that game, then they get Belton in the first round and Belton's had a tremendous basketball season. Um, that said, you know, if Midway, uh, plays well, could it could it knock off Belton in the first round? I, I think so. I mean, and that's, again, not taking anything away from Belton, but one thing Midway really does have going for it is size. I mean, you know, they go 6'8", six, 6'10", six, across the front line, and, um, and then they've got good guards. And so, you know, uh, they're – they've got a lot going for them. Obviously, like I said, they still have to win that play in game just to, just to make the field. Yeah. But I mean, Bryce, if they're able to do that, you got to think when you look at their district in Duncanville Waxahachie, that's definitely going to benefit them playing. A, if they play that Belton team, who's ranked because they've seen this all before, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Duncanville, you know, uh, it's been right up there nationally ranked all year with, you know, all these division one, uh, you know, top recruits, and um, and that first meeting with the uh, even with Duncanville and Midway at Duncanville, um, I think Midway at that point had played Duncanville about as close as anyone. Um, you know, it was it was a you know pretty hard fought game. I think it came down to like a single digit game. I can't remember the score right now, but um, so yeah, I mean those kind of opponents will make you better um, just because they expose things that you have to, you know, improve and, um, you know, tough competition. Just, I mean, it, it forces you to raise your level of play. Visiting with uh, Bryce Cherry, the Waco Tribune Herald. Bryce, there's reports coming out this morning that Alan Hare is leaving Toledo for the clean chaparral job. Hmm. Well, that, that is interesting. And, uh, of course, you know, that's a new school starting up. Uh, it'll be in 5A next year. And so, uh, you know, slight bump, I guess, in classification there going uh, from Salado to, to Chaparral. But um, we know that, you know, he's always sort of run that, uh, you know, that wing tee or, uh, you know, kind of a – very much a running attack there at Salado, so it'll be interesting to see if he tries to, to do the same thing at, at uh, Chaparral. It's eight forty nine. Visiting with uh, Bryce Cherry, the Waco Tribune Herald. Finally, Bryce, uh, baseball, softball, just around the corner on the high school level, and and uh, obviously every year we have quality teams on both sides. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, we'll have a story coming up soon uh, this weekend. Um, uh, preview in the baseball season softball started you know this week uh but interestingly on the baseball side of things 
uh, so, you know, we pick our Super Syntex team each year, and um, we pick five pitchers to make the, the first team and then five to make the second team. And this year, all five uh, first-team pitchers are coming back, and none of them graduated. Uh, so it should be a pretty good year pitching-wise in Central Texas, uh, you know, and uh, some of those are, you know, at some schools that, you know, had nice deep runs last year, like China Spring and Hubbard. Um, you know, the other ones uh, came from Midway. Let's see, Valley Mills, that was a transfer. He came from Clifton to Valley Mills, and then – uh, Boskyville. Boskyville was another one that made the state tournament. So, uh, yeah, those teams are uh, they're going to do well. Bryce, what do you got? Uh, what do you got working besides that article? What else do you have? Uh, what do you have coming in the in the uh, Waco trip? Well, speaking of baseball, I mean uh, Baylor baseball also starts up uh, this mm-hmm. weekend, and so that'll be fun. Uh, and I'll have a season preview on the Bears. I'll play uh, Maryland this weekend and their uh, opening, uh, you know, series. And then, uh, you know, you mentioned the, the basketball playoffs. They're ongoing. We'll have uh, coverage of uh, the La Vega girls. They play at Midway uh, against Salado on Friday night. Should be a lot of fun. Bryce, as always, we appreciate your time today. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Bryce Cherry, the uh, sports editor of the Waco Tribute Herald. It's 8.51. We're nine away from nine. This is game time on ESPN Central Texas. Recently on the John Moore Show. Fran Fraschilla, our guest, ESPN color analyst, best in the country at uh, doing that for college basketball, and we appreciate every opportunity he has to come through Waco. It's all cyclical. Everything in college basketball at the power conference level is cyclical, except that over the last eight or nine years, it's been clear that the Big 12 analytically is either one or two. John Moore's weekdays at 3 p.m. on ESPN Central Texas. At UBO Business Services, we are brand agnostic. We support many different brands, but only the best products from each provider. Our analysts favor flexible systems that don't leave you locked into a one-brand technology solution. Being flexible allows your organization to stay nimble and take advantage of the latest emerging technologies. Call Sean Hunt at 254-709-2101 or ubeo.com. Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota compact tractors. Rated number one for reliability in the under 100 horsepower category, they're designed for easy operation and feature performance matched attachments. Right now, put zero down and get 0% APR for up to 60 months, plus save up to $1,100. Now through February 28th. See us or go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. WC Tractor, now with six convenient locations to serve you. Find us at WCTractor.com. Hey guys, we all give gifts on birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, but have you ever given a gift just because gift? When it's not expected, it means the most coming from you. Since 1979, Morrison Gifts has been Waco's gift store for every occasion. Choose from lines of great gift ideas, including John Hart leather goods, big O key rings, candles, and jewelry, and as always, free gift wrapping and delivery available. Morrison Gifts, a Baylor alumni-owned business at 4308 West Waco Drive, next to Jason's Deli in the Brazos Square Center. 
ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm Lars Smith with your ESPN Central Texas Sports Center update brought to you by Ruth Top Innovations in Central Texas. Call 254-730-ROOF. That's 730-7663. Putting your roof above everything else. The Baylor women chalked up their 20th win of the season with an 80-55 win over TCU. The Baylor men, meanwhile, lost to Texas Tech 83-73. McLennan Highlanders are the champions of the Northern Texas Junior College Conference after a 64-54 win over Collin. The Highlassies dropped a 75-65 decision at Collin. The area round of the high school girls basketball playoffs begins tonight with Troy taking on Academy, Crawford tangles with Centerville, and Axtell meets up with Martin's Mill. The Spurs rolled the Thunder 114-106. The Rockets lost in Phoenix 124-121. Sports Center every 20 minutes, only on ESPN Central Texas. Time for the grab bag on Game Time. All right, 8.55, 5 away from 9 o'clock. This is game time here on ESPN Central Texas. Our, we just just saw a report, Garrett. Uh, former McGregor head coach Jed Thrash is uh, is leaving the Metroplex. Yeah, he's going to go take over as head coach at Lubbock Monterey. Um, obviously, did some things at McGregor. Uh, went on and has become an extremely well-defensive coordinator up at Duncanville. Had a lot of talent out there to work with and. To me, this is a big opportunity. If you look at the Lubbock high schools, they really have something special going out there. A lot of these coaches, there's a big move out to Lubbock right now. I'm excited to see what he can do, um, the staff that he puts together. But, man, it had to have been a good deal for him to leave all that talent at Duncanville. Oh, my goodness. what a, <laughs> we, We've seen Duncanville up yeah. close and personal, and, man, they are loaded. Uh, one other quick note. Tubby Smith announced that he is stepping down as the uh, high point head coach. And his son, Gigi Smith, is going to take over and finish up the season. Uh, Tubby, one of the reasons, Tubby just uh, second bout with, with COVID, and he just said, you know what, let's let's step aside at 70 years of age and let's let Gigi take this thing and, and finish it out. So there you go. What a what a terrific coach. And spent some time in uh, out on the South Plains of Lubbock. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is going to do it for us here on a Thursday morning. Boy, it's been a busy day. Uh, thanks to everyone who's been a part of the program. We'll do it again in the morning at 7. John Morse is coming up at 3 o'clock this afternoon. Mosley at 4 o'clock. And again, as we said, we'll be back in the morning around 7 a.m. Have yourself a great day. And we will see you in the morning at 7 right here on your home for Baylor Athletics, ESPN Central Texas.